0: Hello, hello, and welcome back to Lola Pops Off About Dramas with your host, Lola. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode and as you can see by the title we are going to have another double feature episode where i'll be talking about two recently aired dramas green mother's club and the killer's shopping list and these will be my overall impressions on both as i did not do first impressions on these two and that's rightly um a mistake. (laughs) No, not really a mistake, but I definitely feel like these were hidden gems of dramas. I can already let you know that right off the gate, but I definitely have to say some things about them before I just kind of move on to the next set of dramas for June. So I definitely wanted to take out some time just to do an overall impressions on both. um, As I think they are deserving of it. Um, So for this episode, we're going to just basically talk about both of them. The first one I'm going to start with is going to be Green Mother's Club. And then I'm going to round out this episode with talking about the killer's shopping list. So um, starting with the Green Mother's Club, I have to just kind of preference that both of these dramas um, have, I would say things that I would want to put some kind of trigger warnings out in front of. There's, um, you know, There's self-harm, there's suicide, um, there's murder, there's um, sexual assault. There's a a litany of things in both of these dramas combined that and child um, abuse, I mean, again, tons of things that in both these dramas, they kind of touched on and uh, kind of delved into and so I want to preference this episode by saying that if you have you don't want to consume any of that you would want to stay clear for both of these dramas um but I will say that um the way that they were handled in both dramas were done very well and respectfully um I don't think it was to the point where it you know was done in a way that was you know I mean, it was, uh, the topics are not the best. So any way that you see them are usually not going to be, um, good, but I will say that the way that they were handled in both were handled, um, as well as they could have been. But I definitely would want to preference that if you have any issues with those topics, you definitely would want to steer clear from these two. Um, But I do want to go ahead and jump into a little bit about each of these dramas. Um, And then, like I said, my overall thoughts and impressions of them. So Green Mother's Club is a story of about five mothers. There's a a multitude of mothers that you kind of see in this drama, but kind of focused on five mothers and three more, um, extensively, but mostly five. And the focus of these mothers are that they are in this, um, they are mothers of elementary age children, and they are in a kind of tight knit community of people who seem to be on the up and up as far as they obviously care about appearances. They are, um, Wealthy, there's a woman who lives in a penthouse in their complex. Um, They have access to great schools and, um, you know, things like that. And so it is a, a familiar story to some, as far as in K Drama Land, mothers and these wealthy, tight knit communities and their kids trying to be successful in school. That is not something that in K Drama World is, you know. Uncommon, um, but what I will say—the main focus of this story, Green Mothers Club—is definitely on the mothers, um, and not just kind of their the children growing up and 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 living, you know, trying to be the best they can be in school. I mean, the children are there, obviously, because it's a story about mothers. But honestly, the best thing about this drama was the way that they delved into these different personalities. Um, of characters, or these women, and how they are as mothers. Because the thing that was common about them was just that they were mothers, right? And then the other thing that was common was that they all had these very intense kind of um, insecurities or complexes that they had to um, really address to uh, and come to terms with to reveal how they are um, as mothers and how they because they were struggling with their own insecurities and in different complexes, they were failing as mothers. And I feel like that is an approach that I appreciate it because a lot of times I feel like, and some portrayals of mother and media, it is to portray them as, you know, doing the best that they can. Um, and they are inherently good people. You know, they have these good hearts apparently. Um, and the only time they don't do things that are, you know, only time they do things that are questionable is because it's for the sake of their kids and they're just trying to you know do what's best for their kids so their kids can get ahead right and so the focus is always on the mother trying to be everything she needs to be for her kids but what I thought in this drama specifically was that the way that they portrayed the mothers was that yes the kids were there yes they were mothers but what really was fascinating was how much they focused on these mothers as humans as personalities as women outside of kids and what we ended up finding out about these women were that they were deeply Scarred that they have built a life on top of trauma that has never been fully addressed. um, And that leads to them not being a whole person, so much so that if you're not whole yourself, how are you gonna be there um, for someone else, i.e. a family that you're trying to raise, right? So I thought this was a wonderful, wonderful portrayal of that. Um, But before I get more into that, I wanna talk a little bit, about the plot. So that is kind of the the gist of the story and kind of what we follow. But the way the story actually is told, it, it it's um quite the soap opera without the um the flair you know like there's a lot of things that happen that are kind of like really this is the story we're telling but it was not done it was not done in a way that was over the top I felt like it made sense for the characters and I didn't feel like anything was just like why did that just happen you know you're like what what was the point of that? Nothing like that happened at all in this drama, but there was definitely some kind of um, dramatics. So I do want to go ahead and say there will be spoilers in this episode regarding both Grandmother's Mother's Club and the Killer Shopping List because you can't really talk about these stories without disclosing some of the major plot points. Um, so I definitely will be spoiling. So if you are planning on watching these, don't listen to this episode. But if you are not planning on watching them and you kind of just want to know what happened, then you can definitely listen to this. So, in Green Mothers Club, we have again, like I said, uh, five mothers that we focus on, but most specifically, we focus in on three. Um, our three mothers that are kind of of the main interest are um, Eun-pyo, and she's played by the magnificent E Yo Wan. Uh, we also have Yeon hee and she's played by Chu Jo Hyun, and then we also have So Jena and she's played by Kim Kyuri. We also have two other mothers who, like I said, are also a part of their story. Um, but I'm just going to get to them a little bit later. So with these three mothers, we are introduced first to Inkyu. She's kind of our main focus. She's who we are following the most closely. Um, she's introduced to us as someone who is a lecturer. She is, um, Works at a university, or used to work at a university, um, and she was a wonderful lecturer. And she, her focus was aesthetics in the arts. So she is, you know, a failed artist who went on to pursue studying art um, and and teaching about art. Um, and so that's kind of her. Introduction. But what we also learned about her in the beginning is that she is no longer a lecturer because something happened at her school that she was lecturing at that kind of banned her from getting a job again as a lecturer. She did something that was so offensive that she no longer is allowed to teach. And she's ashamed of this, obviously. And in being ashamed of this, she's in the process of moving into this new neighborhood. Um, Her husband is a detective and he is never really home. He's rarely home. And so she's usually now, especially since she's no longer working, she's at home with the kids, her two sons all the time. Again, these are elementary age kids. So they're, you know, no more than 10, all the kids in this story. Um, And so she basically is, you know trying to figure out this new neighborhood, this new life, now that she's moved into this nice little neighborhood, but also learning how to be a stay-at-home mom, essentially, because she's not used to that. Um, and so she's she not happiest when we meet her, basically. You can see she's not satisfied with what has transpired down her current life. Um, and then we have um, Young Chung Um She is a mother who already is in this neighborhood. It's all the mothers listen to her, follow behind her. She has some of the most successful children. Um, she has a daughter and a son, and they are very, you know, talented, bright kids, and they go to all the best academies after school, and they're just, you know, top tier and she's very proud of them. And so the mothers kind of go to her always for advice and they kind of just want to be on her good side at all points. So she's kind of the leader of the pack in this community of mothers. And then we also have So Jin Ha. Jin ha is the, the richest mother in the community. Um, she lives in the penthouse. She is a very well-established artist, well-known artist. She's like famous and her husband is also quite um, wealthy and famous. He is um, a CEO of a pharmaceutical company. So he, you know, makes big money. He's also um, Korean and French. So he is, you know, he speaks French. They both speak French fluently. That's where they met, was in France. Um, They're both very, very beautiful. I mean, (laughs) very beautiful people. And they have one son, Henry. And Henry's a genius, a little mini genius. He's super smart, bright, speaks multiple languages. And, you know, she doesn't have to be a part of the mother little pack, the little club, because she's the wealthiest one. And the women are kind of like slightly intimidated by that wealth. But she also doesn't really need to be in it because her son's sprite. She has all the money she needs. She doesn't have to try pretty hard. So she's kind of the outsider in the community um, because of her status. Um, but the mothers obviously definitely respect her because her son's a little genius. Um, And then two other mothers um, of focus are Kim Young-mi, played by Jung um, Hae jin And Young-mi is a a mother who's on the outskirts of the Mother's Club. She kind of forms her own little mini club within this larger club in the community. Um, And hers is more on the side of kind of, um, wanting to take down these traditional structures of, um, the kids always having to study and be the top of their class. And she's like, that's not her main focus. She has a daughter and a son and, you know, they're, they're sweet kids, but their focus, you know, her focus is on making them the top of their class. She kind of just wants to be, she's more of an activist kind of, you know, she wants to be out in front chart and start ahead of a, a movement that's kind of her personality and she's kind of the opposite of um chunky and that she doesn't value you know the strict education system so much as the other mothers and then we also have Park Yoon Ju, played by Ju Min Kyung and she is actually the cousin um of Yoon Pyo and she it, doesn't even know her, her cousin's moving into the neighborhood. Or maybe she does, I don't remember. Um, but she is um, kind of... <laughs> you know, faking it till she makes it. She's coming from, she comes from a kind of like, you know, a background of, she used to come from a rough neighborhood. She would, she knows how to fight a little bit, but that's not what she's portraying in this, this community, obviously. Um, She's just trying to fit in um, and she wants to keep up with Chunky's crew. She wants to make sure that her daughter, she has one daughter, her daughter is kind of top of the class as well. She wants access to all the best academies she wants in on all of that as well um but she's rough around the edges kind of and I love her as a character but that's not the point we'll get to all that later but she is kind of toeing the line throughout the drama like she wants to be on the side of like my daughter's really bright I want her to be smart and top of her class I want her to do well I want her to be successful but then she's also kind of like seeing the the traumas that can come with pushing your children, which the kind of young me community is on. So they are all a part of this larger community of mothers, but they have their kind of own perspectives on the schooling system, the education system, their way to raise their children and whatnot. And when yung enters into this community, she is definitely nowhere near like any of these mothers. She's just, to me, when we first meet her, kind of getting adjusted to being a mother, um, full-time like she's used to being a working woman where she wasn't a stay-at-home at mom and she didn't focus all her energy on you know make sure her kids are studying and doing their homework. Like that's not the kind of mother she was. And so when she enters into this community where all the mothers are like that, um, she's just like, what are you, what's the big deal? She's just kind of, you know, her sons kind of wild all over the place. And they're always judging her. They have their nose up at her. And she's just like, I don't get it. I don't understand. Um, but in the process of her not fitting in with the mothers, Chunky Hee um, ends up kind of trying to ostracize her even more because her son, again, is a little wild. He, you know... He, he's a little he's a little wild and at school and little community events that they attend he's always making a mess and so they just kind of are starting to push her and her son out of this kind of community and her son is obviously being affected by that he's not being able to kind of connect with the students because they kind of are picking on him and things like that. And they really start to target her and her her family. And in the process of her getting targeted, she realizes and finds out suddenly that her son, who most students and most of, you know, everyone viewed as this wild, weird, not smart child, is actually a child genius. Um, <laughs> she finds out he's a child genius in this process. And then she, in trying to get back at this community of mothers ends up, um, you know, making sure to foster her, her child genius and ends up pushing him a little too far. And um, so, and then, you know, her position in the community changes, obviously. She goes toe in toe with Shung um And then at the same time, before that, they were becoming friends. Like Chunky, actually, was trying to embrace her a little bit and help, you know, help her along the way, but um, also trying to keep her at arm's distance because, you know, her son was, you know, not like the others. But they were bonding slowly. Um, but the minute that they all find out that Hyunpyo's son is a little genius, then they all start to really think, okay, you know well especially chunky she feels her as her competition so her her daughter starts to fall behind in class she's no longer viewed as one of the smartest and her daughter starts to do things to affect um eumhyeol's son and it just starts a kind of war between the two um but Simultaneously, the other thing that's going on with Umhyo's Unpyo, character is her relationship with Jinha again, who is the um, the wealthiest in the community, who's a famous artist. Umhyo and Jinha knew each other when they were um, younger; they were in middle school. They kind of grew up together in a way, um, and Umhyo. Throughout their relationship or their friendship, um, she always resented Jinha because Jinha was an artist. She was a um, a genius um, artist, and Eunpyo was not, and she wanted to be, um, and she wasn't. And so she always felt herself being intimidated and compared to Jinha, and that made her feel horrible about herself growing up. Um, and then Jinha, apparently, you know, in their friendship, never realized this. She never understood what was the problem. Why did Yim Pyo kind of hide from her, push her away a little bit? She never understood. She thought they were best BFFs. You know, they they were best friends. Like she didn't get the issue. She didn't get the problem. She didn't get, you know, what the big deal was. Um, Apparently, um, so when they reunite and they meet each other in this community again, obviously Jinha is ecstatic to see her. While Pyo is completely opposite; she does not want anything to do with Jinha. She is hiding from her at every corner, and Jinha wants none of it. She wants them to be BFFs again. She wants their their sons to play together. She wants it to just be like old times. Um, and then we also find out that one of the reasons that Pyo is no longer friends with Jinha is because the um, Jinha's husband is actually um, Huil's ex, um, when they were in college, she was in France doing kind of like doing schooling in France with about for art. And she met this, this lovely French guy there and they had a love affair and they were together. And on her most important day when she was, I think, finishing her dissertation or getting ready to finish her dissertation or something like that in France, Jin Ha shows up and it's kind of greeting her and like, hi, you know, and, she steals her, her boyfriend away from her. And so, Unpil's memory of Jin Ha is that you stole my man and you acted like you didn't and I don't want anything to do with you. And Jin ha is just like, I'm so confused. Like, I stole your man, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and so, is avoiding Jin Ha, she's avoiding Jin Ha's husband and all of that. So, Unpil, to say the least, goes through a lot with the mothers now that she's in this community. Um, one of the other major plot points that, um, is a spoil this is a huge spoiler. Um, it's that, um, the Jin ha character, she, again, is an artist, wealthy. She has this wonderful, you know, husband supposedly, and this, you know, the wonderful son. However, she is extremely troubled, um, extremely troubled. And one of the main things that she's troubled by is that, you know, just growing up, her mother, um, was, struggled with her mental health and she was actually diagnosed I believe with um I don't know if it was I can't remember if it was schizophrenia I believe or bipolar disorder but she was diagnosed with a mental condition and um a mental you know illness and Jin Hao um when she was younger, her mother committed suicide, and so Jinha, always growing up, worried that she would turn out like her mother um, at some point. And sure enough, um, Jinha actually dies in this drama from jumping off a building or falling from a building, just as her mother had in the past. And so the story, after a certain point, turns into this kind of mystery of. Did she really kill herself, or did something else at play, was something else at play? Um, and so that takes over a lot of the story on the second half, and um, so we end up going through a journey of figuring out what happened to Jinha, and Pyo, of course, is spearheading this as she blames herself because she was so mean to Jinha when they met up again, uh, because obviously she didn't want anything to do with her. But in the process of her being mean to her, she, you know. F- blames herself for maybe her killing herself. Um and so she is kind of gung ho of finding out like what really took took place, what really transpired. But this is all while she her son is a, a little genius that she's basically trying to foster. Um she's also battling Chunki um and the other moms and she's dealing with the passing of someone who was a friend but not a friend, like a you know, a frenemy kind of situation and her husband's the lead detective because i'm sorry he's a detective so he's the lead detective of this case and it just gets really really intense and kind of complicated after a certain point um the other major thing about one of the characters is chunky chunky is the mother who has us you know a son and a daughter who she's been trying to just make the top of everything but her son is failing at a lot of it and her daughter is spiraling as she's no longer the kind of top student um and she starts to develop some you know uh, a, a issue with lying where she now lies to kind of cope um with not being as perfect as her mother would want her to be so chunky is dealing with that another thing that chunky is dealing with is that she's actually a dealer. She actually deals um, illegal drugs, as far as kind of like propofol, things of the, that nature, to wealthy people. And Jinha is actually one of her clients. And again, then she is troubled with maybe did she cause the kind of the spiral of why how Jinha end up dying, killing herself? So you know, so then it's kind of like these other factors of like that's why we don't know who really was the cause of Jinha's death. Um, But anyway, she is dealing illegal drugs and she's basically um, trying to keep that from everyone in the community. But that's how she's funding her her children, you know, and their their education by doing this because her husband, though, he works as a doctor. He they're in a lot of debt. He's a gambler. So they don't really have the money um, coming in that way. She's the only one who's really making the money to support her what she's trying to do for her kids um but of course that leads her into a lot of trouble her doing these dealing these drugs um and so yeah so it's just it's it's very complicated um and the other thing that's happens in the story has to do with the young me character um she's the mother who um kind of goes against the grain as far as she doesn't really support this the education system and how it fosters just children you know studying 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 she's um actually married to a famous kind of director screenwriter and he's been rolling over a a piece for years and she's just trying to support him but he's actually quite um a um disgusting guy he's kind of verbally abusive to her children um and hides that from her obviously the children don't explode you know Tell her their mother until later on, but even after she finds out, she still tries to protect him. He also is obsessed with Jinha. He uses her as a muse to some degree for his piece that he's been working on. He goes and like, he would interview her, and you know, and all that kind of stuff. But he turned really creepy um, towards her. So then he becomes a suspect as like, what really, you know, did he have something to do with her passing and things like that? Um, and then we we just find out you know some disturbing things about him, and so young me is this mother who you know she appears to have it all together in some regards all the while she's protecting this kind of husband who's doing some some dirty things dirty things and then you know so her story gets into involved in all of that and so it's just there's a lot that happens in this drama um but all of it was good I know it sounds crazy a lot of it sounds like just like what that happened what that was happening while this was also happening but that's what I was saying while I feel like the but the the point of this drama wasn't so much the typical you know let's support our kids and their struggles through this tough education system like at certain point it's not about that at all the what we're dealing with is that women are um, they're they're dealing with traumas that are not unhealed so much so that it's affecting them and their families to the very moment that we meet them and it was just it was so well done it was so well explored and i respected the way that they discussed a lot of the things that happened with the mother like with Jinha and how you know what happened to her mother and things in the past and how her relationship with Unpyo you know, took its negative turn, like where their kind of beef really started had to also do with Eun-pyo's mother. Um, and then the same thing with Chun-hee and the fact that her main issue is that she always wanted to make her mother proud. So that's why she married a doctor. No matter what kind of man he was, she just wanted a doctor in her family so her mother could be proud um, and she could take care of her mother and her father who was sick. Um, and so... It was fascinating that the traumas that these mothers developed and that they were battling and basically passing on and affecting their children also had to do with their mothers themselves. And again, and that's what I loved about this because it put a focus on um, the reality of women and in just general and how they're expected to to rear and bring up other humans in this world, right? Mothers are expected to bring up other people. We're these, you know, respectable people in society. And yet they're doing this from a place of themselves not being full and healthy and whole and mentally capable to do so. And so then it's just a pattern of kind of self-destruction that they pass on, um, because they never took the time to work on themselves and heal themselves so this to me this drama was just that it was the story of these women who were trying to do that and unfortunately you know one of them did not successfully do so Uh, but the other women they you know we see them get to the other side by the end of the drama and I think that was just so well done it was so well done um and i respected the way that they developed the story around these women and they're kind of unearthing what they really were struggling with and and then recognizing like oh because i'm failing at this now my children's are being children are being affected by this because we actually see this manifestation in unkyo's son and chunky's daughter this kind of um This, this, the way the children are actually, their mental health are affected by their family and their mothers. Um, And so that is the wake up call that these mothers have that, wait a second, something's not going right in my children's lives. And I think it has to do with me. (laughs) And I need to probably focus on that. And then I can help my kids. And I love that. It it was so important to show that because it was true. Like you can be a good mother um, and you are a good mother, potentially, right? But you can't really blame yourself if you're not feeling like a good mother, if you aren't being good to yourself. And I love that they gave the mothers um, the chance to recognize that and then work on that and heal that and grow um, with that. And I just, don't think you see that very often in dramas that kind of focus on mothers and parenting. I feel like they usually focus in on the kids' upbringing and how horrible their parents did them. Um, but instead i feel like they gave us the chance for the, the the parents the mothers to actually recognize like okay i don't want this to be a pattern that i've passed down to my children so guess what i have to address this in myself first and then we can get to that um and again like i said unfortunately one of the mothers you know it shows the another kind of you know a victim of this of trauma and not unhealed trauma and what that can lead to um and i definitely think they did a great job of just uh, Addressing this as a topic that I feel like is rarely um, depicted on screen, um, especially for me in K drama, Land, I feel like they put the the onus on the mothers in a lot of dramas to be the villain um, to the kids, right? So the kids always, you know, hate the mothers, or they're supposed to be perfect, and they're just they're sacrificial lambs. They're doing everything they possibly can to make sure their kids are perfect and great. And so we see the struggles of these mothers, and we're, we're they're revered and they're they're looked up at look at these wonderful women and sometimes like in this drama the women are not wonderful they're just not and they're not also evil you know they're just struggling to survive because they have things that are um you know unhealed that they're still working through and when they work, as they work through that, they're still going to be making mistakes. Um, but they're still not a horrible person. They're still not a horrible mother. Um, and they deserve grace. And I love that this is what this drama was, even though there was a lot of other kind of things that took place as far as like the drugs and the, you know, the mystery. Um, and, and yeah, so it's just wonderful. And the thing about, this as far as like the obviously these women had husbands and some of them obviously like young me was a was a creep it was absolutely disgusting and then others were you know pretty cool and then um chunky's husband was a gambler so the, the men in the story were not perfect and wonderful by any means but what was so different was that obviously in Latin in you know, patriarchal societies, they're not the focus when it comes to bringing up kids um, and they don't get the blame so much as the mothers do when it comes to a children not turning out right, right? So this is another example of that in a drama where, the, the, you know, the husbands, the male characters, they kind of were just background really um, while these mothers were really the focus of trying to, you know, be better. And so a lot of times, Better separate from these men in their lives, and I love that as well. Um, so, yeah, just such a well done drama. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was, like I said, quite um there was a lot of drama that happened in it, but it wasn't, you know, over the top. I think it still made sense for the characters that they introduced us to and they built the things and the decisions and the actions of these characters all made sense. Um, the only thing that was a little questionable towards the end there, the final two, three episodes was an introduction of, um, another character who, I'm not even going to mention it, but it was a little, that one was very soap opera-ish. I was like, okay, this is giving soap opera right right at the very end. I was like, really? You have to do that at the very end? But again, even still, it did not distract from the overall kind of goodness that is this drama. Um, So Green Mother's Club was definitely highly rated for me. I definitely recommend it. If you don't mind some of the subject matter, I think they did a wonderful job. It was so beautifully acted. You cannot fault these women. They were I mean, the actresses are top tier and they did an amazing job. It's beautifully shot. It's a lovely drama to look at, even though you're kind of stuck in soul in these apartment buildings, it still was a lovely drama to look at. Um, the, the child actors were also amazing. Beautiful, beautiful um, performances by them as well. Just overall, a wonderful story. Um, and they handled a lot of the kind of, I think, underlying theme of this so respectfully. And it was, I think, again, something that I don't think you see done or addressed very often in k drama So a very, it's a gold star for me with that. Uh, but yeah, great, great, great drama. Um, and I definitely say one of my faves of the year for sure. Okay. So that is green mother's club. So now I'm going to go ahead and move into the killer's shopping list. Um, and I chose to do these two in the same episode, um, because I kind of finished them around the same time and started them around the same time. Um, well, I didn't finish them at the the same time, but the point is that there's they are totally different amounts of episodes. So Green Mother's Club was 16 episodes and Killer Shopping List is only eight episodes. Um, But I will say that um, the Killer Shopping List um, and the Green Mother's Club has this kind of mystery aspect to it that I thought was and like, you know, crime and is it murder? You know, what's going on kind of thing. And so that's why I thought it would make sense to put them both in the same. <laughs> that's that's another reason why I put them in the same. And it's because I didn't talk about them much as far as giving them a first impressions or anything. So these are two dramas that I just kind of watched randomly and, um, and th- enjoyed. So I thought I would put them together. Um, so The Killing Shopping List is actually, like I said, only eight episodes. And it is based off of a novel. So this is kind of similar to... Um, um, what was the one about the witch that I watched last year? The Witch's Diner. So it's kind of like the Witch's Dimer, Diner where it's like only eight episodes based off a book. And so the story is pretty well written. Like it is a well written drama, hands down. The story is there. Writing is there. You cannot fault it. This there. So they did, a, I think they might've done a really good job with the adaptation because like I said, the story is, it's there. Um, so The killer the only eight episodes, but from episode one opening scene, I said this in my, um, uh, I think it was a ramblings amusing episode. I was just starting this up, ep- this drama. And I said that first episode was amazing. It was so, it was funny. It was bright. It was, it was smart. It, it was just, it was such a wonderful first episode by itself. I was like, this is a great first episode of a drama. Um, and (laughs) it was so funny, (laughs) Uh, but it set up the story, these characters and this kind of family so well. Um, but yeah, just off the bat, I loved the first episode of Killer Shopping List, but the Killer Shopping List is actually about, um, this character named Sung. And he's played by Yi Kwang-su, so the comedy was there right off the get. Um, but Daesung, um is when we meet him a young young boy, and he is working with his mother in his mother's little grocery store. Um, and she owns like this little grocery store. And in this opening sequence, a man comes in, and he basically tries to purchase some things with counterfeit money, and. Day Sung, this young boy at the time, immediately calls it out. He's like, "These are fake," you know. And the 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 man who gets called out about these fake bills, you know, freaks out on them. And he basically is trying to, you know, rob the fam, rob the store at this point, and take down. And so he's so embarrassed. And they're like, "We're going to report you to the cops." And he doesn't want to report it, so he basically is trying to, I don't know, kill um, Day Sung's mother in the store and Daesung runs off to call, you know, for help and locks his mother inside the store with this man. And it's always, to me, I was just like, why would he do that? But he was basically trying to lock the man in because he was going to go get the cups, but his, but he trusted that his mother could handle her home. And so you get this open scene of this mother um, and it's like, they are dressed kind of like seventies, like eighties, you know, kind of vibe. And she's like, you know, fighting this man in her little grocery store, and she's holding her own obviously and then by the time um the cops come everything, the man gets arrested and he like basically curses song. He lets him know like once I get out, I'm going to come for you and all of your family. I'm going to take you down. He is livid. Um, and then he gets drugged away to jail. Um, but then the, the family, they caught this guy who had been on the run. They don't know this, but they catch this guy who had been on run with these counterfeit bills or whatever. And so their store becomes like a little um, hot spot of like the news coming to this to interview them and everyone wants to come shop at her little grocery store now and support her and there's like she's like you know she fought off this man all by herself so they become like a little celebrities in their little you know town and um and that's like the opening sequence, and it's so, like I said, it's so funny. It's so good. Um, it's so beautiful, like the way it looks, like kind of like aesthetic. It's so good. It reminds me of Napoleon Dynamite, honestly. Like the coloring of the of the drama, everything that opening sequence is so Napoleon Dynamite. Um, but the overarching vibe of it is also, um, it's just a, it's very comedic, just in general. And um, so yeah, so after they basically our celebrities their little store does amazingly well you know they show the the town grow and so does the mark that they're you know running it gets bigger obviously more employees and things like that um but as time has gone on they're no longer known for being this famous little spot and their competition is all around and so when we meet them in the you know in the present day you know, mart is they're called the SM, I'm sorry, the MS mart. It's just doing okay, you know, <laughs> it's just doing okay. Um, and they're just trying to make it, but they're like a little family. All the employees who have, who worked there have worked there forever. Um, so they're, you know, they're all a little family in there. And um, Daesung, he, we meet, um, you know, as an adult, and he has basically been studying to be a public official for years, and each time he keeps f- failing the exam, um, and he just can't pass it. He also has a long term girlfriend, played by So Hyun, um, her name is Ai, and Ai is a police officer and they've grew up together. They've known each other for a while and they've been dating for forever, but obviously Sung isn't doing very well for himself. So he's family. Her father is not, you know, really approving of him just yet. And she's kind of like, I'm going to break up with you if you don't get it together. But she says that, but she really, really loves him and supports him. And she's just like forced trying to force him to do well, but he struggles. He really is struggling. And we find out it's because of this trauma that has happened when he was a teenager. So this is after he and his mother had kind of fall off this guy and um, sent him away to jail. When he was a teenager, they're still running the same mark. It's grown. It's gotten a lot bigger. It's very successful. This man shows up out of jail. Um, and so we find out that after he showed up again after jail, he basically tries to kill um, Daesung's mother. And it is Daesung who ends up protecting his mother by you know, almost killing this man by bashing him over the head with a, um, <laughs> with a can of peaches. It's not funny, but he basically saves his mother that way. Um, and then he thinks he kills this man and the man like had ran off. And so they think he was so badly injured that he ended up dying or whatever, but because they never found out what happened to him. Um, when the cops showed up, they no one could find him. So they were like, he's somewhere, he's gone, they don't know, but he never returned after that instance and in, as a teenager but that has traumatized a son um growing up he just always has this fear that this man is going to come back to him and try to kill him and his family because again that's what the man said he was going to do um and tried to attempt it and you know he's always had this kind of thought process but it's been what's affecting him and how he's been why he's not been successful um but Then, suddenly, one day, there is a sudden murder that happens um, not too far from the mart in the kind of uh, close apartment buildings. And ai is obviously a police officer. She starts to investigate it, but so does um, Dae-sung. He kind of takes it upon himself to kind of find out what's going on because they start to see this kind of connection based off of the mart and what's being bought and the murder weapons at the scene. And so they're starting to believe that there is some tie to whoever is, you know, who did this murder may also be tied, be just a regular customer at their store and then another murder happens, and then another murder happens. So then it's basically a serial murder case. Um, and again, at every murder scene, there are um, things around like, you know, just common household items that dae thinks is connected to the murderer. And he, as an employee at the mart, starts to believe he can find, you know, maybe a connection and a clue to who the person is by looking at what everyone's buying, see what their kind of receipts are looking like, and kind of tracing it back to the murderer. And so that's why it's called The Killer Shopping List. Um, And it is such a fantastic um, murder mystery story. I I'm not a big fan of murder mystery. I know like that's a whole genre, like in, you know, just in general books and stuff and stories that people really, really love. And I've never been a big fan of them. However, um, watching it in this kind of eight episode format and it's being a lot of comedic elements to it it was so well done i just enjoyed it so much um it was so good but the other thing that was good about it was that because it was a murder mystery there was a lot of darkness to this drama this was not all this obviously wasn't rainbows and sunshine it wasn't funny ha 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 laugh you know you know because it's just serious um but somehow they were still able to blend that with these kind of comedic moments and really comedic characters. I think that's what made it um, funny was that the characters themselves, um, like Sung, he was comedic. Um, His mother, his father, like all of them were just kind of funny, wacky, silly characters. However, they band together to like solve this murder mystery and it was so good. And then you get to see these kind of silly, um, you know, weird offbeat characters then become these kind of purveyors of justice and becoming a purveyor of justice, you get to see kind of what they also are individually dealing with. And it makes them just seem even more human because you think, you know, people... You know, like are just their one way and then you got to see these layers to their characters towards the kind of end. And I just thought it was so well done. So well done. Um another thing that I thought was gonna be questionable and I was concerned about was in this drama there is a trans character, um, and in the in the beginning I was nervous because one of the things that was to me, I was like, "This is kind of this is controversial. If they handle this incorrectly, they had at some point believed that, you know, they basically throughout the, the story they follow m- different leads um, to all the people who were working in the, the the grocery store, and then maybe some of the customers. They are basically." They're not, um, everyone's a suspect in this story. And one of the suspects, early suspects, is this um, trans character who is new, a new worker at the store. And they kind of are like, hmm, who is this new person who just started working here? And They find this person to be suspicious. And the character is obviously presenting as a male. That's what we see. That's what they see. And then at some point, they find out that the person is not you know, it's is, is also presents as a woman at times. And the way that I, they initially handled that and kind of making it seem like they were a murderer and it was like, oh, it's this man who puts on women's clothing and goes around killing these women. I was just like, don't, don't do that. Do not do that. However, they immediately in this, like within the span of the same episode, they they turned that around and they just ended up treating that character with so much more respect than I thought they were going to. And I was very impressed with the way that they handled the character. Um, and again, this kind of, like I said, reminded me of this drama and this specific kind of plot reminded me of, um, Mad for each other. Um, a little, um, romance drama from last year that I absolutely adored that had a similar kind of st- touching touch point as far as a trans character. And originally you were like, wait, which, which direction are you going with this? It was like bordering, you know, like, okay, this isn't respectful. Um, but in this case, again, they, they did the character so much more justice. Um, they actually did really well with that character and the way that the other characters treated, um, and the, um, the trans character it was just it was it was so well done in the end there. So just overall that was the only thing i originally thought in the early episodes i was like okay, i don't know if i can support this if this is how they're going to go. Um but they ended up handling it very well and i just thought it was done tastefully and they did a good job um which i was surprised by but they really did. Uh, but yeah, so overall this is a murder mystery. We i'm not going to reveal who the murderer is, but i will say that this, again, has some touchy stomachs, obviously, with the murderers. Um, but then also child abuse was also in this um, drama. Um, and so that was quite disturbing at times. So again, that's something that I would say be careful about if you were to watch this. Again, it's only eight episodes, so it's a quick drama to get through. And like I said, it's the story is so well done, so well written. Um, and it does take you on an actual murder mystery where you're like, who is the murderer? And then at some point it comes pretty obvious. Um, while they're still trying to figure it out I felt like I had already figured it out Um, but the way that they still did it wasn't boring um, where you're like oh I already know who's the killer it was about now it's about you know protecting everybody and taking this person down and things like that Um, but it was again so well done Um, the story is so well written beautifully acted like I said all the different characters are characters they're (laughs) actually quite funny and and they Have their own personality, they have their own kind of stick, you know, about them. Like, for example, um, Sung's father and um, his mother's husband is played by Shin Sung Woo. Who, if you know him, he is an actor but he's also a theater actor, he's an amazing singer. Um, and so it was just nice to see him again in a drama, having him in a little while. Um, but he. Plays like this, he's also very handsome, and so he plays this very handsome, um, leather jacket, weather wearing, um, motorcycle riding husband who doesn't really have a job, you know, who just basically supports his wife, <laughs> and it's so funny. But like, also, he's you know, very cool character, but he's also you know, steps in when he needs to and steps up when he has to, and so just like a character like that, um, you know great um so all of them in the store the employees who work in the store have their own kind of little thing about them um, that makes them interesting and unique and fun and funny but then also when it's time to step in and step up they all band together and they do it and it's just like ah So good. Um, But yeah, this drama was amazing. Um, The murder mystery element was good. I, again, like I said, at some point you find out, you can tell who the murderer is, but at the end of the day, they still have so much more going for the story that you are excited to kind of follow how they're going to defeat this guy and bring him down. Um, Acting again, amazing. Uh, The mother... um, um, Daesung's mother played by Jin Hee Kyung she was hilarious as well so good so funny um but also just like just well acted um she um I haven't seen her a lot recently that's what I was like I'm like I can't remember the last time I watched her into a movie she was in Hello Me for an episode or so I think that was the last time I saw her but she was just great and um the ahi character paid by sohyun was also so good she was funny the way she stood up for her man was always so good to see um and again she to me is you know she's a you know k-pop artist turned actress and i remember in the beginning i was a little questionable about her back in the day um but she grew over on me over time, watching her and things, and I think this was probably to me her one of her best performances for sure. And I sounds weird, but she has like this little you know curly bang that she has, and she keeps her hair in a little her little bun. She's she's so so good in this drama. So very, I think one of her best, definitely one of her best. Um, but yeah, it's just over overall Green Mothers Club and The Killing Shopping sh- Shopping List was just two dramas that I have to say blew me out of the water. They were so fun, so interesting, so um, intriguing, so well written, so well done. They handle all of the aspects of their dramas so respectfully and tactfully um even when i like i said at moments where i was getting concerned they still handled it very well the acting was across the board both so well done i was never bored watching these two um and i would highly recommend them both i really would i like i said they have some some triggering topics so you have to tread carefully but if you were unsure and you were considering i definitely think that both are worth it um I thought they were great they're standouts for me so far this year as far as drama goes definitely high on my list on dramas that I enjoyed this this year and they were both surprises for me I watched them both on a whim and they were highlights for my week I was watching them so definitely two dramas I enjoyed and 10 out of 10 would recommend um but yeah so that's a long episode for you I did my two kind of overall impressions of these two dramas that I just feel like not many people maybe have checked out and they kind of went under the radar for some but I highly recommend them and I definitely uh, would suggest if again if you were considering them to definitely give it a try at least the killer shopping list because it is only eight episodes um but um Even with the Green Mother's Club, there's so many kind of facets to that drama and so many things that are happening, uh, kind of parallel kind of storylines that it's not a boring to me. There's no boring second, Um, at least for me, it wasn't. Um, But yeah, so. That is all that I have for this episode. I want to, as always, always thank you so much for listening. And whether you're listening in the morning or in the afternoon or in the evening, I hope you have a great day. So everyone, it's been real. Lola's off.